Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Codec Call. That's the podcast for CodecMoments.com. If you want to tweet us today, you can do so at Codec Moments or you can uh, tweet me directly at Clinical Andy. I'm Andy Brown, by the way. I'm all on my own at the moment, but I have got some great guests coming on the phone very soon. Before we move on, this week on CodecMoments.com, we've been looking at Collectorb from Daesh Games and I'm assured that the prof and Brian will be coming up with a review for that soon on our other podcast, Cost of a Coffee. I'm also told they're going to be reviewing Angry Birds 2 this week, so that'll be interesting. And the other thing we've got on the site is possibly my favourite tagline for review ever. You can goat your own way. Yes, we've had a copy of Goat Simulator on PS4 from the lovely people at Double Eleven Games. Matt's reviewed it this week, and Double Eleven have confirmed that it's actually the first PS4 review released for Goat Simulator. Yeah! So check that out at codecmoments.com. Right, let's crack on with the podcast. WTF. What's that, fellas? So it's that part of the podcast where we look at gaming and technology news that made you say... WTF. And I've got two great little pieces this week. First of all, is they're getting rid of the Dinklebot. If you don't know what the Dinklebot is, that's an affectionate name given to uh, the ghost in Destiny, which, uh, of course, the voice acting was performed by Peter Dinklage. Badly, according to a lot of people. So Bungie have decided that enough is enough, and they're going to be replacing him with Nolan North, of all people. Because it is, of course, now federal law that if you make a video game, it has to start either Troy Baker or Nolan North. Peter Dinklage's ghost, of course, reached notoriety after the Destiny Alpha with the classic line, That wizard came from the moon. But I do feel that Bungie have missed a trick here. If you're going to replace a character called Ghost, why, oh why, did they not get Dan from EastEnders, a.k.a. Craig Fairbrass? who was Ghost in Modern Warfare 2 to take over the role. I, I just think, oh, I think that would have been awesome. I've been trying to get an interview with Craig Fairbrass unsuccessfully for years. So the other thing that really made me WTF this week is um, Google is going to become Alphabet. So they've registered the domain name abc.xyz. And if you go to it, it's got the quote just says, As Sergey and I wrote in the original Founders Letter 11 years ago, Google is not a conventional company. We do not intend to become one. On the Google blogspot, there's a there's an article going by the same name, Gears for Google, which goes into a bit more detail, saying we did a lot of things that seemed crazy at the time. Many of those crazy things now have over a billion users, like Google Maps, YouTube, Chrome, and Android, and we haven't stopped there. We're still trying to do things other people think are crazy, but we're super excited about. We've long believed that over time, companies tend to get comfortable doing the same thing, just making incremental changes. But in the technology industry, where revolutionary ideas drive the next big growth areas, you need to be a bit uncomfortable to stay relevant. Our company's operating well today, but we think we can make it cleaner and more accountable. So we're creating a new company called Alphabet. So when I first heard this and thought, oh my God, Google's going to be changing their name. What's the date? I think was my first thought. Is it April the 1st? But no, it turns out Alphabet's basically going to be a parent company and other companies will, will fit in under that umbrella. So Google will be one of them. Uh, if they start an automotive division for their uh, for their smart, intelligent cars, then um, that's going to be another division. 
Uh, don't be surprised if wearables became another division of that. Um, and I think the, the idea is that Alphabet itself won't be a consumer-facing company. So it'll be like Procter & Gamble or Unilever in that respect. What it allows the company to do is take a lot more chances. So Google's already a company that's diversified, done a lot of different things. So we talked about the automated vehicle, home automation with Nest, branching out into Google Maps, Google Glass. But they also have Google Ventures, which is a venture capital company. So this, this alphabet business model fits really nicely. It's a way for them to finance some really crazy ideas. In the same way that universities fund and produce spin-out companies, I, I can imagine that there will be uh, a lot of very interesting, unique ideas that come out of Alphabet, companies that come out of Alphabet doing some really weird stuff. Not all of it will be successful. I imagine quite a lot of it won't be, but it, it'll it be using these, using the technology they've already got to not just take those incremental steps but to really make leaps and bounds. And the cynical part of me as well says it distances these new projects from the data mining aspect of Google that it's come under some criticism for recently. Still, what do I know? If you've got any views or opinions on Alphabet or Dinklebot, feel free to get in touch. Uh, best way is via Twitter at Codec Moments, or you can leave us a post on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Codec Moments. In the last episode, we were giving away these fabulous Metal Gear Solid 25th Anniversary shot glasses. I don't, I don't know why I'm giving such a visual clue because um, this is an audio podcast. But if you want to, if you want to actually have a look at them, then check out our Twitter feed, log on to Facebook, or visit CodecMoments.com where we've got pictures plastered all over the place. They're great. One of them's got the MSF logo. One of them's got the Diamond Dogs logo, and the other one has uh, the Snake in a Box 25th Anniversary logo. So it's nice and easy. If you want to win these, get in touch with us and just suggest what you think the Platinum Trophy for Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, should be called. So we've had a few entries. Uh, Nick Hulk on Twitter has suggested it should be called Pulling a Sickie. I don't really get that one. Is that just me? The Game Store in Basildon, at Game Basildon. That's my, you see, I'm from Essex originally, so that's kind of my neck of the woods. Uh, they suggested Platinum Dogs, surely. It's got to be platinum dogs. I like that. Tricky customer on Twitter suggested uh, the phantom pain in the arse. Quite like that. That's quite a good one. And Charlie Large at Charlie Large on Twitter suggested the platinum pain or PT, which is a nice little callback to that Silent Hills interactive demo that was um, that was released a while ago and subsequently removed. And finally, with two entries so far, he's the big boss to our Les Enfants Terribles. It's at Lord British on Twitter. Dexter Jekyll has suggested the Platinum should either be the Circle of Life, because it'll hopefully end with Snake taking out Big Boss in an MGX remake, or, and I like this, Ouroboros, because that's the symbol of a snake wrapping around and eating its own tail. And at that point, he does a massive mic drop and walks off. I like it. If you think you can best any of those, please send us a tweet to at Codec Moments, and you can win yourself some 25th anniversary Metal Gear Solid shot glasses. So be honest with me, how many of you have got games sat around at home on the shelf or on the hard drive that you haven't even started to play yet? If that sounds like you, perhaps you should consider taking part in a Year of Shame challenge. Now, this year, the Year of Shame challenge three is taking place with four participants, Colm, Stuart, Matt, and joining me today, it's Connor. So Connor, tell me, how is the Year of Shame going? 
Good, yeah. I'm, I'm now have a month left um, to get to my end of my year. How's it feel? Yeah, not bad actually. It wasn't as bad as I thought. I think the fact that I've had so many review copies and have PlayStation Plus has probably helped a great deal and cleared very few off my backlog that I should have done. <laughs> when does it finish? Ninth uh, of September. And it, you know, let's let's be blunt: is Metal Gear Solid Five breaking the rules? Well, this is this is the thing is that it's. As mentioned in this month, um, <laughs> basically I have pre-ordered it, um, and generally, if I'd have pre-ordered it in the start, I'd have had to have put money down. So yes, it would have been breaking the rules. But I've pre-ordered it online, and it's with game. And knowing how reliable they are, I may, I may never get it. So I may never actually break the rules. So but, if if they take payment before the ninth of September, is that breaking the which, rules? I'd have thought so, yes. <laughs> Tense. To fall so close to the finish line. <laughs> it's it's good. It's it's a different way of, of playing games. I think probably by the time I get to the end of it, I will I will have realised that I can get through a year without going, Oh, new game, go buy that. And the fact that the prices <laughs> drop so ridiculously quickly, by the time I get to Christmas, I will be able to pick Batman up for 25 quid. I'll probably be able to pick up Far Cry 4 Collector's Edition for around the same price. So there's actually very little point in day wanting it. You can pick up a Game of the Year or Collector's Edition with all the DLC bundled in. Do you do you not yeah. feel you lose something in the relevance, though, and other people playing it? Do you not feel you're missing out sometimes? I think if, if it's largely multiplayer-based, um, then yeah, I think you've got a an issue there of will people still be playing it if they are playing it will they all be a million times better than you are or um, if it's story based then it doesn't really matter when you play it that's the reason of getting Metal Gear is because it's a big release I wanted to get the Collect's Edition but when they announced them back in March uh, the pre-orders went really quickly and I procrastinated too much over it people were like well get someone else to pay for the deposit on it rah 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 and I'm like well yeah, but it's helped before. and uh, So I procrastinated. Then when they popped up again, I thought, right, I'm going to have one of these. So I have, because it's a good way of marking the beginning and the end of my, my year of shame. I got Collector's Edition for Destiny at the beginning, um, and this marks the end of it. Granted, I'll fall flat on my face so close to the finish line because <laughs> I, I went all that way and then, then actually bought a game. But that's not such a, a big deal. Has anybody else been bending the rules? Well, yeah, there's there's always always people bending the rules with uh, certainly fairly early on. Someone uh, we're fairly convinced he uh, sweet talked his girlfriend into buying him something. So that's fine. Gifts are fine. But but when it, you you kind of manipulating someone else into buying something you would have bought. Mm. Surely that's what relationships are all about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what they, they said to me in the last podcast. Like, well, why didn't you get your girlfriend to buy it? It's like, well, because financially, most of the money's coming from me anyway, so it's going to come out of my money. <laughs> so, Connor, if people are interested, how can they find out a bit more about it? Year of Shame Challenge 3. And you can find it on iTunes and Podomatic. So if you look for YOS Challenge 3, you can find find that on Twitter, and that should link you off to the, the podcast. Episode 7, which I've just given a massive spoiler for, um, <laughs> is on there. 
So here on The Code Call, we're going to help you clear some of your pile of shame. And we're not going to ask you to commit to a year of frugality and self-flagellation. We're going to help to give you the codec momentum to finish some of those games. Now, all you've got to do is tweet us at Codec Moments using the hashtag Codec Momentum and tell us what game you pledge to finish this month. And then just send us a send us a screen grab when you've done it. So uh, the PS4 will automatically capture a screenshot of that winning trophy. Now, if you uh, if you send that to us, then we might have a little something for you. And I apologise if it's all gone a bit MN8 there. I won't do it again. If you want to go even further, we've also got the Platinum Pledge, which is the same thing, but instead of using the hashtag Codec Momentum, use the hashtag Platinum Pledge, and then you've got to send us a screen grab of that Platinum Trophy. So we've only had one Platinum Pledge so far this month, but I'm pleased to say that within a week, it's been completed. So congratulations to Brandon Kizida, who's a long-time friend of the show. I do hope I pronounced your name right. And well done on your Platinum Pledge. We will be getting something very special to you at some point. Uh, and in fact, Matt will be along in a little while to talk about that. But not content with doing Year of Shame Challenge, Connor's also decided to use Codec Momentum to finish a game this month. Metal Gear Rising. And I haven't finished it yet, but I have started. What's um, your progress like? I'm up to the fourth boss. I'm up to Monsoon. Is it fourth boss? I played the demo years and years ago and was a bit like, oh, God, um, this controls a bit badly and it don't feel like a Metal Gear game. And, oh, I don't like it. So I never actually got the full game when it came out. We got it with PlayStation Plus maybe a year ago, something like that. Yeah, it must be. And I downloaded it. I've had it sat on my hard drive for all this time. Earlier on in the year when I first started New Year's Shame, I was saying to people, what should I play? And I think you and uh, Matt and a few others from Codec Moments were trying to force me to play Metal Gear Rising. And so I've finally gone back to it. Not open-minded, actually. Gone back to it thinking, this isn't going to be great. I'm going to play through it and see how I feel. And it's better than I thought. It's actually a lot better than I thought. It's definitely a Platinum's game. It very much feels like Bayonetta, that kind of thing. It's it's very over the top. But it does have a lot of Metal Gear to it. The fact that you've got codec calls and you can go and talk to them at various points and it gives you a lot more of the mission detail. The cutscenes at times are ridiculously long, which makes it very Metal Gear. But they're beautiful. The game is very, very pretty. Very gory, but very, very pretty. And does carry over a lot of a lot of the aspects. Raiden comes across as less of a, a poncy pretty boy from Metal Gear 2. <laughs> More kind of like the, the badass um, cyborg ninja from um, 4. There's some very, very dark stuff in there as far as I'm through to do with child soldiers and taking ch- homeless children off the streets and harvesting their organs. That was like, oh, crikey, okay, this is a bit darker than I was expecting. But it's it's all right. It's very, very, very over the top. Your first boss battle is a Metal Gear Rex. It's obviously set in the back quite high at that point. <laughs> so, you know, or is it a Ray? It's a Ray or a Rex. One or the other, anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah, that was a big surprise. I'm like, okay, right. It's definitely a Metal Gear game. We'll stick that in right at the beginning, then there's no excuse for it. The controls are a bit weird. I think that's kind of what's putting me off, but I'm not taking it too seriously. I'm not... You can't really play it stealthily. It kind of wants you to in parts, but 
it's far better to just go running in and hacking and slashing limbs off things. And you literally can slice and dice people into teeny tiny pieces. It's kind of the approach I've taken with Wolfenstein, the old blood, which I'm doing as my codec momentum this month. You know, you, you get these kind of, in, you get the commanders who are obviously linked to radios and could call him reinforcements. So the idea is I think you creep about, you take them out stealthily and then you move through the, the section without any resistance. Um, but to be honest, I've just, taken to seeing if I can spot them from a distance using the very loud sniper rifle that I've got and uh, dealing dealing with the repercussions of that. It's a lot more fun. Definitely. So yeah, hopefully I will have it finished because I want to carry on my month of Metal Gear and finally finish Peace Walker. So that will also be my, my codec momentum. Uh, as well, try and get that done. I don't know how long Rising is. I don't know. Have you played? Um, Do you know, I'll, I'll, full <laughs> full disclosure, I've not played it. Well, I hadn't because I didn't think it was going to be canon. And it's actually better than I thought. If you don't mind something that's over the top, I really think, you know you were talking about um, Platinum Trophies? Yeah. I really think it should have been called Cyborg Ninja Raiden as the uh, Platinum for completing Revenge and That would have been a far better name. Can you review it in three words? Um, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got uh, another word there, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Unless the um kind of counts. Thing. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, no, I suppose it does count. I, I try, I'm trying to think what it was originally tagline to be. It was something like slice, cut, strike, or something stupid. Uh, I can't remember. That sounds like an infomercial for a vegetable dicer, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More messy than a Nutribullet. <laughs> Um, it, it does just act it'd be handy in a kitchen with that sword certainly <laughs> get, him, get him on their prep duties it'd be fantastic there you go that's all done um, I don't know in three words um, sorry I just had this image of Metal Gear sous chef <laughs> no that would have been a good title for certain <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what he does at the end of it that's how it ends, <laughs> him going off and working in a kitchen. I don't know yet. Um, oh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not... I'm, it's not as bad as I thought, <laughs> which is, again, too many words. Not as um, bad as I thought. Do you know I'll let you have those six. <laughs> Way too many words. Better than expected. Nice. Succinct. Like it. It's all right. It, it is very pretty. Very, very, very pretty. It's made me tempted to to try and track down a collector's edition and get a little statuette of Raiden. <laughs> but not until after my year of shame's finished. I'm enough trouble as it is. You must be the only person I know who buys collector's editions of games he's already got for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's a good point there. Right, thank you very much, Connor. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to... Um get off your chest well I want to say go off and have a listen to uh, the Joypad and Me podcast and you can find me writing when I can be bothered at joypadandme.com usually writing about clothes at the moment video games apparel um, and I've got a, a new article coming up hopefully before Metal Gear Solid 5's out because I'll be reviewing Muster Brand's uh, Metal Gear Solid collection so that should be quite nice. That might be worth going and having a read when it goes up. Um, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at VDJOMB. Can we have a plug on your next podcast? Yeah. Go on, pretty please. Can oh, we, yeah. please? Yeah. yeah of 
Awesome. <laughs> Definitely. See you later. Right. To tell me how his Codec Momentum is going, Dr. Matt Holt from Codec Moments. Borderlands the pre-sequel, and it's going okay. I'll be honest, I don't think I'm actually that far from the end, um, given that the mission I'm on is called the beginning of the end. But because I keep having big chunks of time in between playing sections of it, I always forget what I'm doing or what I'm meant to be doing or what stage I'm at. Um, but I've just started trying to plough through it at the moment. And uh, it's going all right, but it's, it's just not as good as the other Borderlands games. I think that's why I stopped why I kind of put it down and went on to something else. You, you, the best example I've got at the moment is the weapons. I've been using one weapon since probably a third of the way through the game, and I don't get rid of it because every time I pick something up that's supposed to be better, it's just less effective. You pick up these weird and wonderful weapons, and they're just rubbish. You just don't seem to have the same effect, which is really weird because in the previous games... As you levelled up and you picked up a new weapon, it was very clear it was much better and you were constantly getting rid of your old stuff. It's the opposite. I'm keeping the old and getting rid of the new. It's just, it's it's not as satisfying. And then taking it to a boss fight, I hit today one of the most frustrating boss fights I've ever had in a Borderlands game or in any game. It was just full on overkill from the boss itself and then to make matters worse constantly being attacked by infinitely spawning enemies as well and the weapons are not doing any damage and it's just frustrating i ended up uh, cheaping my way around it i found a spot that nobody could really reach me at and i just sat there for about half an hour as i very slowly picked off (laughs) the health of the boss to get through this is after dying about six or seven times, running out of all my money, unable to actually buy ammo at one point from a rocket launcher because I didn't have enough. So I managed to do it, and two minutes after doing it, the game decided to crash. So at that point, I thought, screw you, I'm not even putting the game back on. <laughs> Hopefully it's auto-saved and I don't have to do it again. That's the cliffhanger until the next episode, isn't it? I'll tweet that and let people know whether it did or not. And I'll definitely I'll definitely finish it. I committed to doing it, but it's not an enjoyable end. Um, and each time I go to boot it up, I do look and think, gosh, should I just get Borderlands 2 and do Tiny Tina's DLC or Mr. Talks? Because they were so much fun. Can you review it in three words? Borderlands was better. Yeah. Yeah, even the first game was better. We've had a think about it this week and we've gone and got some little giveaways for people who are participating in the Codec Momentum Challenge. That's right. We've had some special pin badges made up uh, with the Codec Moments logo, which we'll give out to anybody who completes a Codec Momentum Challenge. Choose your game, preferably something in your pile of shame that you absolutely want to finish. Tell us what it is. Finish it. Send us a screenshot to confirm it's finished and we'll stick a badge in the post to you. Our first one's already gone out to uh, at Nick Hulk. Congratulations, fella. Well done for getting through whatever it was you completed. I'd never even heard of that game, and um, sounds like I never want to either. But well done. Badges on the way. So Nick completed Dream Sea Club, which, um, according to him, is a singing and dancing game available on the Japanese PSN store. 
uh, that's presented in anime style and challenges the player to pick the best singer. He says that on a scale of Terminator Salvation to anything remotely difficult, Dream Sea Club doesn't match the dirt on John Connor's shoe. In fact, he adds it was more difficult to create a Japanese PSN account and navigate the menus to find the game than it is to actually play it. Nick was actually so ashamed by this that he's actually gone and um, he's, a, he's gone on to start Contrast. So he's actually doing a second Codec Momentum this month. So um, good on you, fella. Keep us posted on that one. If that's inspired you, drop us a line to at Codec Moments on Twitter using the hashtag Codec Momentum and tell us what game you're going to be playing and finishing this month. And if you want to, if you want to up the ante and get a platinum pledge, we're actually going to have some very special platinum badges. They won't be actual platinum. But the idea is it will be exclusive, a bit like the gold blue pizza badge. So um, so if you want one of these platinum badges, you're going to have to do a hashtag platinum pledge. Hello, I'm Professor Kelvin Harris, the resident scientist here for Codec Moments, and also the presenter of the Cost of a Coffee podcast. Now, recently, we were lucky enough to review a game called Satellina. It's a beautiful and enchanting puzzle game with the most amazing synth-pop soundtrack you'll ever hear. And I'm joined today by its creator, Peter Malamute-Smith. Now, Peter, what prompted you to make Satellina? You know, I, I've sort of dabbled in programming for my whole life, but I, I had never made anything uh, from scratch that I, I could release commercially. And I really just wanted to make the simplest thing I could I could think of, which probably helped the game in the long run. And actually, while I was developing it early on, I started adding more features and I had different colors that would do different things and, and all kinds of extra stuff. And I ended up taking it all back out just to sort of have the um, elegance of taking a very simple idea and seeing how many permutations I could get out of it. Um, and, and the more I sort of stripped it down, the better it felt. In any medium, it's nice to sort of have uh, creative restraint that you know, you have the, if you have a completely open canvas, your work can get kind of cluttered. But if you have sort of a few rules that you're trying to, to work within, um, that forces you to be creative. And now there's a rather substantial free update to the game. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please, Peter? Well, there will be 25 new levels. And then there's four new modes that completely change the way the game plays. Um, one that I'm particularly excited about called Disco Mode, where all the particles switch colors on a timer. You know, in the basic game, they uh, switch colors when you've collected all of one color. But in this new version, this new mode, they switch every two seconds. Um, and it's amazing that it, like, it's all the same levels, but it really completely changes the strategy um, and really feels like sort of a, a new thing to discover. If you've played the original game a lot, you're sort of used to some things being safe. And this mode really kind of throws you off, which is it's sort of fun to rediscover it that way. There are three other modes. Uh, there's ghost mode, where the particles you need to collect disappear. So you have to sort of uh, intuit where they are on the screen and from remembering the levels. And that was inspired when I was working on the game and walking around my neighborhood and saw a guy in a Pac-Man t-shirt. Um, just, <laughs> just ran home, but oh. And then there's deathless mode, which is for... You know, I saw some that a lot of players were getting these really incredible times um, on the leaderboards. So I wanted to put in a really tough mode for them. So in deathless mode, if you lose once, you have to go back all the way to the beginning. And I wanted to see what kind of times people could get, you know, under a lot of pressure. And then uh, uh, the last one is turbo mode, uh, where everything just moves, I think, 25% faster. 
um, which really makes everything pretty manic and uh, and intense. Um, so they're all sort of geared to people who have gotten through the game once um, and want to want to sort of look back at it in a different way. Uh, there are six new tunes in it that I'm I'm pretty pleased about. Uh, and I will say that both the new levels and the new music were way harder to come up with this time because once you've sort of established a framework that you like, then everything new that you try to add to it, you're like, mm, is this good enough to go with the rest? So I think to write the original um, 11 songs, I think I wrote 12. And then to write these six new ones, I wrote 25 or something <laughs> and cut it down to the ones that I like the best. But I think it I think it came up pretty well. And also this is a free update. So, you know, a lot of people who love the game said they wanted more and uh, I wanted to give it to them. Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. If you're interested in Satellina on iOS or Android, it's available for £1.99 in the respective app stores. And at that price, it's well worth a play, even without this substantial free update. Right, well, that's it for another podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to get in touch if you've got a great name for the Phantom Pain Platinum Trophy. You can win yourself some Metal Gear Solid 25th Anniversary shot glasses. You should also get in touch with this if you want to take part in Codec Momentum or in the Platinum Pledge using the respective hashtags. You can tweet us at Codec Moments or you can visit our website, which is codecmoments.com and we've got a Codec Momentum page on there with a roll of honour for everybody who takes part. If you do it, you can get yourself a Codec Moments pin badge and if you do the Platinum Pledge, you'll get a very special, limited Codec Moments Platinum Badge. If you've been listening today and you've enjoyed the podcast, please do consider giving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio, however you listen. It's really appreciated and it helps us to reach a wider audience. Likewise, if, if you'd be kind enough to share this with anybody, then that'd be really, really, really appreciated. And I'm sure I can black some of those Codec Moments pin badges for people who help us to spread the word. If you're feeling really lovely, you can even go onto our Facebook page and give us a like. Or write some abuse if you're not feeling lovely. So, until next time, bye!